Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. This is the Massachusetts Performance Podcast, brought to you by Matthew Micheroni and Bobby Dattero. All right, take two. So we're back again. Um, On the last podcast, we said we're going to cover alternative power output sources. I lost my train of thought, but you know what I mean. Fuck it. Um, Yeah, we forgot to do that. So now on this podcast, we're going to cover that topic of alternative power development. Uh, We'll cover such things as horizontal power, vertical power, and rotational power. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great podcast. All right, first up, for alternative power development, we just want to cover some things. We're not going to cover uh, body weight activities. We understand sprinting, jumping, broad jumping, vertical jumps, loaded variations of those. In addition to like top end speed, acceleration work are all great options for alternative power development and are included in every program, but we just wanted to simplify it uh, to loaded options. So to start off, we'll start with horizontal power. We'll go loaded and unloaded. The two ones we decided to um, add were the kettlebell swing and the prowler. All right, Bobby, take us away. So I'm a huge fan of the kettlebell swing. I use it with pretty much every athlete. Um, Even if an athlete doesn't have a great hip hinge, I actually like the swing to help teach the hinge. Now, what a lot of people will think is, Oh, never add speed to dysfunction. Yeah, okay. Well, there's a little bit of an element of the kettlebell being able to actually pull these kids into a decent position because they don't know how to hinge their hips. If I give them a dowel, they may or may not be able to do it. But if I give them a kettlebell, it can actually pull them into a hinge and away from like a squat pattern. I'm there coaching it. I trust myself to be able to coach it. So... I will actually use the kettlebell swing with just about anyone and I will then just coach the absolute crap out of it to make it look good. Um, so with that, I really like to get my athletes in a in a very hip hinge position. I don't want to see much quad at all. Yeah, there'll be a little bit, but I don't want to see them squat down with it. I want the hips going back. I want them to think about pulling the kettlebell back towards them in between their legs and... When they stand up, I want to see a tall position with the glutes squeezed. I like it. So for my kettlebell, um, alternative methods, I guess, I don't know however you want to word it. Um, I like it for horizontal power. When done properly, it is a ballistic hinging motion that teaches an athlete how to transfer from position to position, and it's a pulsing motion. So an example is it has a contraction and relaxation element that allows the athlete to learn how to relax and contract in that environment. Um, when I start, um, I could cover the basics, but like Bobby said, you start with pretty much a hinge position. You want to hike it between your legs. From there, you're already teaching an athlete how to push their weight back into their hips. On the way up, you want to almost pretend it's a vertical jump without their feet leaving the ground. So they're going to push the hips forward and up. The kettlebell is going to uh, rise in one continuous smooth motion. 
right about shoulder height. From there, there's this moment of lightness, uh, light or weightness, whatever, however you want to word it. Weightlessness. There we go. Um, there's that moment where you can't feel the kettlebell. The athlete should power breathe out, create this stiff impulse to re-stiffen the whole body. And from there, they're going to follow it back down between their legs. At the bottom, they're going to re-breathe, set that brace, and continue it. It's a great way, like I said, to develop horizontal power in a ballistic manner. So next up, we'll talk about the prowler. Um, it's a little different, or prowler, sled, whatever you have. It's another alternative development to create horizontal power in lieu of the traditional Olympic lifts or body weight. The one thing I like the most about the prowler is you can load it. It's so dependent upon the athlete. You can load it heavy to develop strength power. You can load it light to develop quickness. And it's in the horizontal plane. Uh, Mike Boyle had a great article recently about how we should load horizontal strength and power more often. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the using a sled push. Um, and one of the biggest things that I like from it is trail leg hip extension. It's one of the things that most athletes lack, and it's one of the biggest areas for improvement that we see. So I'm a big fan of using the sled, both light and heavy. If I am going to go lighter, I like to use it as part of my speed and agility work. If I'm going to go a little bit heavier, I will either use it as conditioning or as the one of the last exercises that they do in the weight room. Yeah, same as Bobby. I like it for the same element. It gets extension. It teaches the athlete how to push, how to push against the force explosively. Um, two things I do like about the kettlebell and the prowler is if you're dealing with an athlete who has maybe a back issue, a shoulder issue, it's a great way that you can get continued progress without kind of irritating the injury. It's a high reward, low risk in my mind. Um, two contraindications to this, um, especially with the kettlebell swing, is it has been shown to put a little more force and shear pressure on the spine. So it might irritate your athlete. There is some research put out that maybe about 20% of people with back issues can't handle that, but it's a great way to develop it. You can progress it. You can go into complexes and it's just going to give your athlete an alternative source that he can progress and make sure that they're seeing progress. Yeah. Your extension, your, or your extension based athlete. So if someone has back pain and extension, they may not agree with kettlebell swings. Um, they also may not know how to do it right, but sometimes in the process of teaching them, it may make their back feel worse. So you just need to balance that out. Yeah. Um, um, you could population. also just load it differently too. Like a lot of times people think, I think they see Pavel and these guys on Instagram and they'll do kettlebell swings for sets of 10. You could truly treat it in the Olympic or the, I mean in the collegiate or the private sector as your power work, as an Olympic lift. You could do sets of three. No one says you can't have your athlete do 10 sets of three and just go a little heavier if you teach them how to do it correctly. So you can microdose it as in to not irritate those other injuries. And if it does irritate them, like we said, you have the prowler. All right, next up, we're gonna cover... Vertical power. Um, our biggest things we came up with are squat jumps, med balls, and landmines. So Bobby's going to start us off. So I, I'm a big fan with the vertical exercises. We Vertical jump is one of the measures that we use. So it's one of those things that I do like to improve. Also, a lot of athletes will be testing the vert when they play their sport. And also, vertical jumping is a good indicator of um, performance. So... Ways I like to use that is I like to load it. You can use a hex bar. You can use a dumbbell. You can use a kettlebell. Um, which thing you use may change the direct emphasis, but either way, it's all vertical. Um, 
from there you can play with some complex stuff you can use some contrast things so i've even done some stuff where you load the jump you unload the jump and then you assist the jump trying to improve power output yeah for me i do like the loaded squat or the jump squat uh, there's two ways you can use it. Uh, one I've used it with is, i.e. the quarter squat, where they come up explosively, try to get off the ground, triple extension, and land. Generally, my percentages for that are very light. I'll say maybe max 10 to 20% of what they can handle or their body weight, right? We're trying to manipulate a variable to increase power. So, But if we go too heavy, we kind of lose the aspect of the exercise and it becomes unsafe. Another variation I've used, speaking to Bobby's complexes, is we might do a really heavy quarter squat or pin squat up for a week or two paired with maybe a loaded jump or we'll go pair with a bodyweight exercise in order to kind of increase that vertical jump and power output. Essentially, we're just tricking the central nervous system into thinking that load is on them. So when they jump unweighted, they'll be able to jump higher. For, um, what was the other one you covered, Bobby? I wasn't listening. Um, I mean, I've, uh, for hex, hex bar, dumbbell. Oh yeah, and... hex bar, kind of the same idea. For the med ball variation, I do like it as a way to express power. I don't think you can really load it and get the same output you would with uh, Olympic lifting, but it's a great way to develop vertical power and learn how to, to express it. It's very dependent on what the athlete can handle, what they can throw. Generally, the limiting factor on a vertical med ball toss or any variation of the type is going to be what the athlete can hold in their hand. Yeah, and it, it, it's it, I like it for athletes that need to use um, that really really need to use their arms in their sport. So if it's a football lineman, being able to develop power from the ground but express it into their upper body, that's where I think it's most important. Yeah, um, for the landmine, I think it just covers a lot of stuff Bobby talked about. It's almost the same principle. It's just a little different, uh, differently loaded. It just replaces the push press, honestly. It, it, that's that's what I like to use it for. It's it's a sh- more shoulder friendly variation to get the same benefits as a push press. All right, for our last topic, we're gonna go into rotational power. For that, we have med balls, uh, rotational landmine press, and there's something else there that I just can't read. (laughs) I can't read your writing either. Yeah, no, I write like a five-year-old, so it is what it is. All right, for a rotational med ball, obviously it's a great way to express power in the transverse plane. But like the vertical and horizontal, it all starts in the hips. You have to drive force through the ground, and it teaches the athlete how to rotate in a controlled manner and express force. Um, if you don't know what it is, look up Eric Cressy. He has millions of videos of rotational med ball throws. Why do I like it? It's a safe alternative to, say, a rotational landmine press. I do like using the rotational landmine, but it's a very complex exercise that, if not done properly, can cause injury because it's highly loaded, it's heavy, and uh, those are really two factors that can cause injury. It, it, even if the landmine isn't heavy, it takes coordination to actually use the rotational variations, which is, is you know, it's a little bit of a disadvantage of them. Yeah. Um, I would even say I'm a big fan of pairing the horizontal and vertical exercises that we talked about with the rotational med ball throw because I think power, although is plane specific, in a general athletic population, it kind of leaks and uh, seeps into other planes, right? If you're really strong in the sagittal plane, but you learn how to let that strength trickle into other planes by practicing it with a rotational med ball throw, you can increase your power output. Well, it's always a solid strategy to start sagittal, get really, really good at your vertical and your broad jumping, um, and then once you have those like power and that those foundations, then you sh- just practice displaying it in other planes. Yeah, some issues I do run into with the rotational med ball throw or rotational landmine punch is you actually learn your athletes don't know how to rotate through the hips, transmit force through their trunk, and out their arms appropriately. A lot of times you will see and pick the battle of them rotating through their trunk. They're just going to really grind, um, 
pretty much through their whole lumbar spine. They might twist their hips a little bit, but they're not really getting that great pulse from the floor through their hands. Yeah, or they just, the arms take over. They just kind of like huck it at the wall with their arms, and it really shouldn't be an arm exercise. It's a rotational power exercise, which starts in the hips. Yeah, uh, the best success I've had with rotational med ball throws, because in the collegiate sector, a lot of times, athletes don't take it seriously. Or they will, but if they're in a large group, it just becomes, let's get it done, we got to move fast. As I found success with pairing it with a sagittal plane power exercise. And uh, when I've done that, it's worked out pretty well, because they'll walk over there, it's a rest. I tell them I want them to break the med ball. Uh, like, if you break the med ball, you get to keep it. That's my goal. Yeah, you get a trophy. Because, like, it, it, you, if you go through the motions, you won't benefit at all from it. You need to express power with great intent in the correct manner to truly, like, grow in the transverse plane. Yeah, and because my athletes are younger, I can probably get away with this. Your, your kids might not even care one way or the other. But uh, we've even gone as far as to show our athletes' videos of, like, some of the professional athletes letting those things fly. And it actually, you know, kind of awakens their eyes to how hard they actually are supposed to be throwing that thing. Yeah, some other common mistakes you see with the rotational stuff is the med ball is too heavy. It's supposed to express power. You really can't develop power with a strength orientation besides its rotational landmine press in the transverse plane. But you can learn how to transfer the power from the other planes into the transverse. So for me, like the rotational med ball throw, you don't need a 20. I feel like if anything, maybe your male... 18-year-old athletes who are pretty strong should be using a 10 to 12-pounder. But even that, I found great success when I trained my throwers by using sixes, eight-pound med balls, and they were crushing it. Yeah, for that, for anyone, if so, if someone is on the bigger side in the college, in a in college, if they're a football player and they're a bigger player, eight is cool with me. But six is where I have most people throw because I want to see speed. And then younger kids, two and four. I we have two pound med balls, and that's one of the, like that's one of the ones that get the most work. Yeah. All right. Um. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. This is the part where we kind of just go in and discuss what we covered. We just shoot the shit. We have Chris in the room. He's gonna speak a little bit. No, he's not. He's sleeping. Uh. But with that in mind, I'm trying to think of other things. A great rotational power tool that I've also seen is if you use the Sornex jammers. It's very safe. It's a good and loaded position. You can get a great twist. Kind of limits the load on the spine. And it's all driven from the hips. Yeah, yeah. the bang's empty, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't Probably. have a lot... I, was saying, I don't have a lot of experience with those. Um, the only other thing is like with our program specifically, we do a lot of turf work, speed and agility, plyos, power development stuff. So our athletes do a get a lot of the specific work. And then... The other stuff we use is just a complement, and that's part of our part of our weight room. Things that you would typically call like a strength exercise. So our athletes do get a lot of exposure to power development, and we do a lot of it on the turf as well. Yeah. All right. So the last thing we'll cover in this open discussion is Bobby recently had a post on his golfers that lift Instagram on the difference between rotational hip power and rotational spine power, and he got a lot of uh, feedback on it. So he just wanted to go into it real quick. Yeah, and I just uh, I actually just recorded a YouTube video that'll be up pretty soon. If you just search my name, Bobby Dadero, you'll be able to find it. But the the key Small, dif- skinny white guy. the key difference is that is true that 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 description fits. So the key difference is hip power versus spine power, and we want to develop power in the hip. If we develop power in the hip, it's going to be faster and it's going to be safer than developing it in the spine. Developing it in the spine is a good way to get a back injury. So. One of the things that I wanted to compare was a rotational med ball throw standing versus one kneeling. 
If you're kneeling, it locks the hips into place. It provides stability through the torso, which is a good thing for mobility and for core control. But it isn't a good thing for power development. If you're trying to develop power and you're trying to get the hips moving, you need to stand. And we've most of us as strength coaches and golf pros and whoever have accepted that force starts on the ground and it's developed by the lower body. But if we go into a half kneeling position, we are not developing force from the ground and we are not developing it from the lower body. We're developing it from the core and the torso. So it doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense. And until someone can give me a reason for why I should develop, start and develop power in the torso, I just don't know why those exercise, why we use those exercises for power development outside of the mobility and the core control benefits that they do have. That's a good point. I guess the only counter argument you can, it's a teaching tool, how not to rotate through the trunk. Because if you put yourself in that half kneel position with the right knee up or whatever knee is closest to the wall, you're really kind of just teaching how to load without any flexion or lateral flexion of the trunk. You're teaching almost, it's almost like a dynamic chop, chop if done correctly. Yes, which is why I say you can use those positions for mobility and core control. Yeah. So I've done my homework on this one. No, I feel no pretty, doubt. I feel pretty confident yeah. on my, in my I'm stance. I'm just trying to think of uh, devil's advocate on that. The only other thing I can think of, like you said, maybe if you go into that split stance position where you can almost load the hip a bit and have them go through where they kind of push their butt back, come forward, extend that trail leg, you're going to start developing that hip extension, which you need to drive the power into the wall. But like it's just not that much bang for your buck. But if you have a really regress someone it's a great teaching tool no and that's fine too and, and th- this was stemmed from from golfers because the the sequence of the golf and actually the same with the baseball swing is hips torso arms club and that's the order it should go in and that's how we provide speed so yeah. if, it, if there's a different population that has a different kinematic sequence fine but i that that argument is definitely geared towards golfers and that was like the real like foundation of the argument yeah I like it, I guess, at the end of the sum it up. It's something you'd probably teach concurrently, if I'm saying that right, at the same time as you're developing a different stance of... Well, yeah, if you're going to... So if you want to use, like, half-kneeling pal-offs and half-kneeling chops, lifts, whatever, that's great because that's good core control. If you want to get someone half-kneeling and working on their T-spine mobility, awesome. But if you're going to have someone doing rotational exercise, have them stand. That's all I'm looking for. Makes sense. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, this was our makeup podcast because we forgot to cover this in the previous podcast. Like I said, follow us, follow us on Mass Performance. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, slide in our DMs and let us know what we can do better. Thank you guys for listening.